Hey, what's going on, everyone? How are you? Welcome back to Leadership Matters Live number nine. This is number nine, man. I'm 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 getting the numbers up there, man. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? Congratulations. Almost near 10. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Doing all right. Uh, so welcome back. Uh, Peter Miranda joining us again from uh, uh, Graphics Runs. Is, is that how, how it goes with you, Graphics Runs? Yeah, graphic Runs. Yep. Graphic all the way. Runs. All right. Cool, cool. In a little bit, I'm going to make sure I put that out there for you. Uh, on here so people can follow that. Um, appreciate everyone joining us, whoever is able to make it. Uh, I got good news, man. I, I, I beat the two-mile mark today <laughs> in my run. Oh, nice. Uh, so nice. It's, it's modest. It's modest and it's slow, but I'm but I'm getting there. Uh, I'm very happy. So I, I hit uh, a little over two miles today before I, before I started hitting, uh, walking a little bit. Uh, and then in a couple of days, I'm hoping to maybe get to, to two and a half and keep on rolling from there. That's uh, a nice piece. So I'm, I'm happy about it, man. And you know what I realized? The asthma, it's it's tough, man. It's I gotta I gotta build my lung capacity again. Uh okay. so that that's that's where I where I'm going. So I you know took it easy on the pace a little bit and made sure I get my get the miles up there a little bit. Um all right, and we got okay. Thank you very much. See, I got I got some love for for my miles. Thank you, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, all right, so we're talking about the emotional safety net. Uh, last week, um, Ray was with us, and Ray's going to be joining us in, in a little bit. Uh, and he brought up this thing that I hadn't even heard of before: uh, the emotional safety net. And I thought a lot about it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that a lot today. But thank you for joining me. It was fun to join you last night on yours, your not podcast no. podcast, non podcast podcast. <laughs> uh, and then um, you know we're we're rolling now. We keep on going. Happy Tuesday. I don't know if you got your tacos in. No tacos for me today. Nah, but, no uh, tacos. <laughs> se second Tuesday in a row. So it seems like this is this might be the night for me. Mm -hmm. I'll keep on rolling. <clears throat> so what's gonna happen tonight? is uh, I'm going to let you just chill out for a little bit. Okay. Uh, please, while you're there, just share the stream if you can. And for anyone else who's with us, uh, please go ahead and share the stream. I'm going to do my thing, uh, talk for a couple minutes. I like to hear myself talk. It, it is what it is. <laughs> um, and then I'll give you, you know, hopefully we'll get some speaking points that we can go off from there. Uh, and then I'm also going to post the, I think I got this right now. No. Uh, so maybe if you get a chance, can you post the link in the comments? And maybe, if we, you know, if anyone else is, is watching and wants to join us, join the conversation, uh, we can definitely roll with that in a little bit. Let me try to get this going. All right. So just chill out for a minute. Let me say what I got to say. I've been trying to I've been thinking about some things for a little while. And then, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on some of my comments afterwards. All right. No doubt. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. So again, uh, welcome back. Leadership Matters Live number nine. Uh, picking up off of last week's conversation, uh, my buddy Ray that was with me last week brought up this concept of the emotional safety net, something that I had not heard of before. Uh, and I've done a lot of reflecting on this for the past week. Um, you know, I've thought about what it, what it means for me, what it means for my boys and really anyone that I come into contact with. Uh, and to start, I, you know, I got to tell you a little tidbit about my father, uh, who was a very, a very big role model in my life. Uh, thank you, but I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, my father, when, I remember sitting down doing my schoolwork and 
he would yell at me sometimes, right? I didn't even know what it was that I was struggling with half the time. And he would get mad. He would, you know, he would tell me, just ask a question. Ask if you don't know, ask a question. I didn't even know what I didn't know. Uh, so it almost traumatized me to the point where I didn't know that I was supposed to be asking questions. And I think a lot of uh, young men deal with that. Like we just stay silent and try to present ourselves like we know what we're doing. And really, we're just afraid to ask the question. Uh, but discipline was always a very big thing with my father. And, you know, it was always there. My brothers and I, we did plenty of things that incurred his wrath. But one of the things that I always remember, and even in those times where he was yelling at me, telling me to ask a question, there was always compassion in it. Um, you know, he would make sure we got disciplined. And, you know, back in the day, some some of the more old school ways of disciplining kids, uh, you know, definitely happened. But after the fact, there was always compassion and there was always a time where he made sure to sit us down and talk to us about the lesson that we needed to learn. And we always felt loved. We always knew that there was love there. And we always knew that, you know, we, we always got the lesson uh, because he made sure to let us know that the reason he was disciplining us was because he loved us and because he needed us to know some things. Uh, but you know, I don't, for whatever reason, I thought about that in thinking about this emotional safety net. And I know a lot of times we put our own emotional stuff onto other people. And whether we realize it or not, uh, whenever we do that, we're risking, you know, putting that person's emotional health off balance. And I've said this a lot back, you know, going back to when the podcast was actually things that matter. Uh, if it matters to me, it matters to other people out there. And you know, I don't think I've I've put my emotional stuff out there on people purposely, but I've definitely done it. And I've maybe subconsciously looked for others that have some emotional strength and balance to dump my stuff onto that. But a lot of times we're the ones that get that emotion dumped onto us. Uh, and we have to have that levelness, that patience to be able to deal with it when that negative energy sometimes comes our way. So it begs the question, what does it mean to be someone else's emotional safety net? What does it mean for our kids, our boys, and our girls? Uh, and I think we have to have a calm. You know, We have to be a person that others can trust. Uh, we have to let people know, our, our kids know, and whoever we come into contact with, know that they can be able to share their emotions with us. You know, Let them know that that, that we're willing to listen and be there for them and let them share with us if they have to. And in order for them to feel that way, we have to be secure and balanced in our own emotions. But how do we do that? How do we ensure that we can handle it, we can deal with it without having a major outburst? Because like I said, that energy gets put onto us and we have to be able to handle it. One way or another, and this is going back to the Bible, right? The can't hurt me Bible. Right. One way or another, we have to be able to sit with it. And a lot of times it means looking at yourself in the mirror, that accountability mirror, not just checking your biceps. We know we all do that. Right. We're looking in that mirror and we want to make sure we look good. Right. So not we're not only using the mirror for that. We're looking looking into the mirror, trying to look into your soul and recognize what's going on with yourself. Why are you feeling this way? What happened? And is it worth it to even feel that way? I talk about the four agreements a lot. Look, I got that book here, too. <laughs> right? Don't take things personally. When people make you feel a certain way, it's about them. Oftentimes it's about them. It's not really about you. They're just kind of putting their emotions onto you. 
And I think a lot of times about what we used to say as kids, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. That's a lot. That's the way we have to feel about it a lot of times, which also means that you have to be careful what you say to other people. Put positivity out there. Put good things out there, right? Let people know how wonderful they are, how strong they are, how beautiful they are. Because when you put that out there to others, it comes back to you. My pops used to say, don't trust anyone. And I think I have to amend that now. I like to think of it now as don't rely on anyone else. Take care of yourself in all ways, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Don't ignore parts of yourself that you know you need to improve on. Stand up and be loyal to yourself. Build that emotional safety net for you and for other people. Strengthen yourself so that when it comes time that you have to handle something, you're able to handle something as you become more balanced. Other people can come to you with their problems. Your kids can come to you with their problems. They can talk to you. They can know that they can talk to you and they can tell you the truth. Hopefully, you can be that light in the darkness, that island in the storm when your kids need someone to talk to. Hopefully, at least that's the ideal. And make sure that you're able to go, excuse me, make sure that they're able to go to you. Now, again, this doesn't mean that they have to go to you. And you can't be upset when they don't, because again, you shouldn't take it personally. But how bad does it feel to know that at some point you could have helped, you could have helped, but you weren't available for it. And it's not just for your kids. You know, obviously we want to be there for our kids, but it's not only for your kids. We're here to be of service. If you are truly trying to be a strong person, a strong man, and a strong leader, you're here to be of service. Now for me, my kids will always come first, but my students, are very close second, as are you. Anyone who I'm speaking to, I think of you as my student. I am a teacher, that's what I identify as. That doesn't mean that I have all the answers and that doesn't mean that I have everything figured out. It simply means that I am trying to continue learning and share what I'm learning. So again, my kids will always come first, but you and my students are very, very close second. All right, that being said, Thank you very much, Peter and Ray, for joining me. I'm going to pull you guys up here right now. Uh, thanks for joining the conversation again. Great to see you guys. Uh, Peter, I thank you very much for sharing the stream. Uh, and I'm also going to go ahead and try to copy this link and put this in our comments. So if anybody else feels that they might want to pop on with us, go right ahead. Awesome. Uh, what's up, Ray? How you doing, man? What's going on, bud? I'm in uh, our old neck of the woods right now in Rockland. Awesome. Glad to hear it, man. So, Peter, uh, Ray and I were talking earlier. In a couple weeks, hopefully, we're going to try to do this on location. Uh, Leadership Matters live podcast in this area. We're going we're gonna to just chop it up. Uh, there might be an informal session that is not recorded, that might be a little more fun, and then we'll do one that, that, where we can actually put some real content out there too. Let's go for it. Good stuff. So uh, I hope I touched on some things that you might be willing to speak on, and I definitely have a lot more, some things that I'm gonna share with you guys, but uh, Ray, thank you for bringing up the emotional safety net last week. I, I really have done a lot of reflecting on that. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, man, that's great. Put that question up. Yeah. Okay. What does it mean? Interesting. What do you got, bud? Yeah. So the 
emotional safety net to me is, I mean, good, bad, or ugly, you have to get through a situation. You can you can have the greatest day and you have the most positive emotions and we got to celebrate that, Mm. but you can have the crappiest day ever, but you. Ah, Ray's freezing a little bit. I know he's in a hotel, right? So, uh, so hopefully he can, he can jump back on with us a little bit and get back. You're cutting out a little bit, bud. All right. (laughs) Well, Peter, you had a rough day last week, right? Yeah, same same thing. The emotional safety net. Um, sometimes we have to fall into um, we can fall into bad patterns. Something that just makes us feel comfortable in a situation that we just rely on. It could just be um, it could be a simple something as simple as say gambling. I don't gamble, <laughs> but mm. you know, um, doing doing patterns that might lead to reckless behavior. You know, like we said, starting out with one drink leading to three drinks. Um. Maybe um, spending too much time obsessing over social media or, um, you know, it's, it's yeah. just dealing with people. Sometimes you call that, that negative person who, um, who doesn't give you any balance, but just brings you up in the moment, tells you everything you need just to feel good. So, you know, that's, those are the things I worry about, staying away from the negativity. So let me ask you this, when, when, and I don't want to get too personal if you don't want to share some stuff, but when you were growing up, did you feel as if you were – safe to kind of you know share your emotions and kind of just just be uh be vulnerable at, at any time nah i don't think like i didn't grow up like that you know maybe like spanish household a little bit different more keep stuff inside but i think it's yeah. i think you get more cultural more cultural you know just yeah. in terms of you get through it you find a way you deal with it you know yeah. dirt off your shoulders and keep it moving yeah I think like, like suck it up and drive on all yeah. the time right I think I think a lot of us, as we become adults, especially when you become a parent, you start relating to certain things. You know what I'm saying, and starts saying maybe how you would have handled them back then. You know what I'm saying, because now you're a father, now you're a, you know, you have a son. It works yeah. differently. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking about earlier was, um, you know, the book that that we keep going back to, "Can't Hurt Me." Um, you know, Goggins is he puts himself out there as a real man's man, a guy's guy. Right. And the cover, you know, or or at least on the surface, that's how it's presented, but he's a very vulnerable person. He puts himself out there emotionally and he takes that time, as I mentioned, to look in the accountability mirror and recognize, all right, well, what are the parts of myself that I'm trying to fix and how do I fix that? Right. And, a lot of times it gets lost in the mix of, you know, because he's running all these miles and he's doing all these crazy fitness things. Right. And, you know, we see you doing the same thing, but you're also willing to to come on here and speak to people about what's happening in real life. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I thank you for being like uh, emotionally available like that and being that example to your kids and all the young men out there that we're trying to influence as well. I appreciate that, man. Um, I tell people all the time having um, having have an outlet. That's something everyone should have. Create an outlet. Um, do something that allows you to suppress the feelings. You know, keeping bad stuff inside of you is not a good thing over a long course of time. Sometimes when shit hits the surface, you affect everybody. Yeah. You affect everybody. Well, you know, and that that's kind of one of the things that I that I want to talk about. Like, what are the ways? <laughs> 
when we have those those emotions that are kind of bubbling to the surface and and starting to i guess overwhelm us like how do you how do you get over that how do you deal with it like what are some healthy ways that you deal with those things right i'm a writer i like to write oh yeah i, I didn't know that i thought for sure you were going to tell me you just get, go for a run <laughs> now, oh, besides that, no, I've always enjoyed writing. I, I write on my phone. I write in my laptop. Sometimes I'll just write. I'll just write paragraphs. I'll write a blog. I mean, I actually have a blog. It's on it's on a site called Medium. I was doing it for running, but mm -hmm. I was going to start adding more to it and start adding more like of a, a mental aspect of just dealing with challenges, talking about, you know, certain issues that maybe people can relate to. But writing for me allows me to release a lot of, um, mm -hmm. to vent. It allows me to vent yeah. sometimes. You know, I, I, I joke around about it a lot that I have notebooks everywhere. I, I do the same. I write a lot, but I'm old school. Like I'm, I'm like a pen and paper guy all the time. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, hopefully many years in the future when I pass away, my kids are going to find all my notebooks and, and realize all the ups and downs and things that I dealt with over the years. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I don't know. They, they might be surprised at some of the things that, that I've had to, to go through that I have not shared. I was telling someone yesterday, I'm very open with them. They know everything there is to know about me, but I guess there, there might've been some things over the years that I've forgotten to share with them, you know, uh, and reading is a big thing, but, you know, and I'll, I'll come out on the record and go ahead and say this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get to some points in a moment. Therapy is, is something that I think is not taken advantage of in by men in our culture today, actually going to therapy. I go to therapy. I, I've seen therapists in the past as a kid, as an adult. I see one now, and it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Um, and a lot of a lot of men just, you know, like we stay silent. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to. We don't want to admit that there might be something we're struggling with. Absolutely. Yeah. We 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 keep too much stuff inside, especially for the sake of being very manly and tough. That's, that's one yeah. thing. Um, you know, and a lot of times you can be called cold, uh, but it's not because you're you're not trying to be cold. You're just trying to keep that that guard up. And once you let those emotions out, that's when it comes out a little bit too much. And oftentimes with young men, uh, men in general, and, and not only men, but, you know, predominantly men, it comes out in anger. Uh, it comes out in substance abuse. Um you know, violence. I mean, you know, the pandemic, there's been such an increase in domestic violence in households, you know, and that's, um, you know, the, the, there, there are things going on inside that we have not dealt with that come out in negative ways. Yeah. Uh, stuff. You just said it like domestic violence, even ran, random attacks. I was just looking at something before we started. Someone was walking down the street, a teenager, and someone punched him in the throat randomly. I'm like, what's wrong with people? Men you know, mental illness is crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. All right. So, all right. So on that note, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with COVID and the fact that, have you heard that men are not, are choosing to not get vaccinated at the same rates that women are? I've heard that. I know a lot of men who won't get vaccinated. All right, I, have my, so, I have my take on it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to share my screen with you, and I'm going to, let's see, share that. All right. And I got some bullet points from an article in the New York Times. 
Uh, let's see. The article is what do women want for men to get the COVID vaccines, right? And there's just some quick bullet points that I came across. And this article is by a woman by the name of Jennifer Steinhauer. Uh, and it says that obviously women are getting vaccinated at a far higher rate than men, about 10 percentage points higher. Uh, and then I'm just going to read the, the second bullet point and then I'm going to come back to you. Uh, COVID-19 deaths worldwide have been 2.4 times higher for men than among women, right? So just that by itself, like why are we choosing to not get vaccinated when we are obviously dying at higher rates than the women are, right? And there are some reasons given in the article, but I want to just kind of bounce that thought off you. Like what, off the top of your head, why would you think that? that um, I think a lot of men subconsciously feel that they're healthier and they're stronger. You know, mm -hmm. just like, oh, I'm, I'm a man that, you know, I'll, I'll get past this. I'm, I'm young, I'm fit. Or I think it's just a stigma of things being blown out of proportion. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. It's worse here than there, you know? Yeah. I, I've had yeah. it. So I'll say it's pretty, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> you had it right, right towards the beginning of yeah. it, right? One of the first. Yep. I had it real yeah. bad. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if I ever had it officially. I think I had uh, COVID in the beginning uh, and I just kind of handled it real quick. It wasn't that bad for me. I got antibiotics like right away. Um, but I realized I mean, it could just be because of the fact that I'm fat and out of shape. Right. But my lung capacity is a mess right now. Like I don't I never remember having this much of a problem breathing when I'm really working out. So maybe I did have it. Who knows? But I let, but it's true. Us men, we think that we're strong, we're tough, we can handle it. We're almost invincible, right? Whatever comes our way, no big deal. We don't need the vaccine, right? But that point is made here as well, right? So this person, there's another that says, um, let's see. All right, well, let me just keep going with the bullet points, right? So in LA, 44% of women over the age of 16 have gotten the first shot compared with only 30% of men. Oh, wow. Right. And then this is again in LA, only 19% of black males in LA and 17% of Latino males have received at least one dose of the vaccine compared with 35% of Asian men and 32% of white men protecting others in your family. I put that as a question mark because are we really protecting others in our family if we're not making sure that we're going to be safe and healthy? I don't know. It's a cash 22. I mean, People ask me why I haven't taken. I was actually scheduled to take one like a month and a half ago. I missed the appointment by. That's a whole episode, but long story <laughs> short, I'm gonna end up probably going in maybe June, July. You know, I just wanted, I wanted a little bit more research before I actually stuck myself with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm a believer that things are handled by trials and studies, and anything that comes out too fast. You know, you, everyone, you, if you want to feel safe bullshitting yourself and saying that you're fine and you trust science, that's, that's great. I'm not going to tell you not to. I encourage people to go get vaccinated, but I'm not going to sit here and act like science hasn't taught us differently that things can go bad without study. So it's a 50-50 thing. I think we need to get vaccinated. I encourage it. But for me... When I'm ready, I'm ready. And you're not and you're not there yet. Right. 
I'm, I'm not Russian. I, 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 you know what? I take care of myself, like really take care of myself. And I'm not saying that that makes me better, but I go above and beyond to make sure that mm -hmm. I stay healthy. So that's important for me. Right. So you're taking care of yourself physically, right? You're making sure to eating to be well, socially distant, you know, to be to protect yourself out, outdoors, you know, wearing the mask and, and all that, you know, mm -hmm. being clean, simple as that. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the things you mentioned that I really appreciate is you know, the, the science. Like, are you are you paying attention to what's out there? Are you doing the research? Right. Mm -hmm. And that goes for everything. Like, make sure you're doing the research, making sure you are um, getting all the sources of information and not just, you know, being told one thing and following it. You know, do do the research. Yeah. All right, let me keep going with some, some more bullet points here. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. Um, like I said, with anything you put into your body, due diligence, you know, take, take the time. I do a lot of research. Like I, I look at columns from the New York times from studies overseas. And they're saying that even with the people who have had a first time infection with COVID, let's say like a year ago, that the second wave for them is a lot easier or like a passing cold. And I'm saying to myself, that makes me feel good. There's a good chance I could have had it twice. I've been around mm -hmm. enough people. Yeah. Um, some people who've been maybe mildly sick, but I'm saying for me, I feel better because how many times are you going to take that vaccination to know exactly how long it lasts for? You don't even have the science behind that. There's yeah, no we, we have no idea. Yeah, a lot of us are probably going to have to get booster shots or just yeah. get another vaccine. I've and had one flu are... shot my whole life, I think. One flu shot. I get mm. back every year, oh, the flu is horrible. The one time I got the flu shot, I got destroyed. So sick. Yeah, I've been there with you, definitely. And I, you know, I've I've felt the same way. Like I'll admit it, you know, like I I'm a man, you know, I'm strong, I can handle it. If I get the flu, I'll get through it. Uh, and that's why I've chosen to not get the flu shot in the past. I think in this case, for me, the COVID vaccine is something that I really wanted because I wanted to be able to to go out and enjoy things a little more freely. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm looking forward to traveling. So I want to be able to get on a plane. You know, and it's it's weird now. You got to carry that little piece of paper with you almost everywhere, you yeah. know, to make sure people know you're vaccinated. It's, it's inevitable. You know, if, if you're going to want to do things, you're going to have to get vaccinated. All right. So this this bullet point was concerning to me. Right. Men are more likely than women to engage in behaviors that hurt their health. Heavy drinking, smoking, illicit drugs, more. Uh, they're more likely to be overweight as compared to women, less likely to visit doctors, regularly go to the emergency room in a crisis, basic dental care, uh, you know, and this is all federal data, you know, so they, these are facts. They're not, they're not disputable. <clears throat> we, we as men simply don't want to take care of ourselves. And, and this is generally speaking, as much as the women do, we don't take care of our preventative uh, care as much as women do. Right. And it's concerned. And plus, we're more likely to engage in, you know, drinking heavy alcohol, using drugs. Right. So we're doing things that are hurting ourselves at higher rates than women are. But yet we also have like this machismo attitude that we can just handle, handle it no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm not saying it's bad because I want to be a guy's guy as much as anyone. But at some point, we're going to have a lot of men that are out of shape and hurting their immune system and eventually getting sick and they're not vaccinated, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like 
the the numbers that are going to be out there of men getting hurt and getting sick, it's concerning. Yeah. Right. And we're not here. It's not only about me and you. It's not just about us and our health. It's about putting the message out there to other guys and young men in particular, you know, like, hey, take care of yourself. Do what you have to do. Do the research if you have to do the research, but take care of yourself. Make sure, you know, if you're not going to get the vaccine, whatever, your choice, but make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Don't let yourself go down this rabbit hole of, hey, I'm a man, I can handle it without making sure you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like I said, so many small illnesses that add to the COVID, you know what I'm saying? Diabetic, mm-hmm. pressure. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I wanted to, I'm going to keep going with this because I'm liking this bullet point thing. Right. All right, give me a time out. I'm going to get my charger. Be right back. <laughs> all right, no worries. Uh, all right, so I'm going to actually flip it a little bit and get back to this building emotional safety nets, right? So there's another article. I read this one in the New York Times, right? The title of the article is Building Emotional Safety Nets by Andrew Reiner. Uh, he's actually the author of a book called Better Boys, Better Men. Uh, and the, one of the first things he says that it's no coincidence that men are at the forefront of the public health crisis filling the news feeds. Uh, unemployment, opiate addiction, overdosing, sexual violence, alcohol-related deaths, and of course, loneliness, uh, spikes in suicide. Um, you know, there's this pressure to conform to the traditional modes of masculinity that increase the risk of men's suicidal behavior. And oftentimes, men are not even willing to admit that they're having emotional problems until it gets to the point that there is a suicidal thought. Right. And that's a real concern. Right. Like and I was even called out on this once. And this bothered me when someone called me out on this. I said, hey, I, I struggle with anxiety. And, and then the response to that was, you don't struggle with anxiety as much as I do. Right. And I was like, why are we comparing? You know, like I don't have to get to the point where I'm having a suicidal thought just to admit that I struggle with anxiety or depression. And a lot of men are, are unwilling to, to admit that they struggle with those things. And it's 33, the, the rates are the same. You know, the rates of, of men and women struggling with anxiety and depression and things like that are the same. They're in the low 30s, about 31 for men, 33 for women. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I'm not going to say, you know, like I, I've never gotten to the point where I've really thought about it that much, but it's concerning. And we know men are, you know, dying of suicide at higher rates than women, right? And it's very concerning that we feel as if we we don't have to get help until it's at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a lot of factors when you're an adult, you know, people who've lost people, you know, emotional grief, um, people who've lost financially their home. Um, maybe they don't feel good about their appearance anymore. You know, they've gained weight, you know, it's just, it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot, right now it's a lot to handle. Yeah. Put all that snowball into one and it, it's pretty shitty for people. I don't knock, I don't knock anyone who's going through anything right now. So one of the things that, um, that was mentioned in, in that same article was that, you know, men traditionally, when we're struggling with those things, we, we fall back on, uh, the go-tos of making sure, you know, like kind of falling into work diving into work, like becoming obsessed about that, becoming obsessed about working out and fitness. And not that, you know, I took a little bit of offense to that one because I think that's a good way of dealing with your stress. Of course. But I would also just caution if you're only focused on that, 
and you're not focused on other aspects of your emotional and mental health, then you might be a little bit off balance. And I speak all the time about making sure that we're taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, mm-hmm. you know? So again, it gets back to that accountability mirror. Like, what are you trying to fix? What are you trying to focus on? Right. And it, if it's only your physical appearance, then there has to be something else that's happening that you need to pay attention to. Right. Yeah. Have you ever felt as if um, you focus too much on the physical and not enough on, on other areas? Um, yeah. When I was doing some of the more extreme challenges, I mean, it was, I mean, hand in hand, 80% physical, 20% mental. But um, this month has been more mental work. You know what I'm saying? I've shortened the miles, but this is more about me um, redefining a lot of different things that were different last year for me. But yeah, like I said, trying to go back to my normal way of working, my normal way of networking. Just, um, I don't know. It's just more like I said, I like to write. When I write and I put things down on paper, it's like I play connect the dots. I know what's wrong here, try to fix it there, put it down and just, just work. It's always worked for me. But, you know, and that's the thing, like, you know, you're, you're putting work in, but it's work not only for your job, it's work for you, right? Yeah. Like you're putting work into yourself and that's that, that L in loyalty, you know, like you're making sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, have you seen the, uh, the show on Netflix um, with Jordan, uh, what is it? The Last Dance. Have you seen that one? It it it, it follows the uh, uh, the nineteen ninety maybe the nineteen ninety six. Oh, the Bulls! Oh, the Last Dance. Yeah, it was their the last championship. Yeah, I saw it. it was great. Right. So, one of the things that Jordan was famous for was just being a hard ass, right? Like he would get on people. He would he would really like get up in their face if they weren't rising to his level of his effort. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like we really, we need more people like that. We need more people willing to like chase down their greatness because that's loyal to yourself. And I talk a lot about, you know, like uh, you've got the leadership values scrolling across the bottom here. And I speak about selfless service. And I think it gets misconstrued sometimes. Selfless service is not only being a a doctor or a lawyer or or a cop or a teacher. It's not only about being of service to other people. For some people out there, selfless service is chasing down your greatness to no end, to the fullest, right? With no apologies, getting up in people's face, letting them know, hey, this is my path. And I'm going to follow it no matter what. And I think mm-hmm. that's important because as though like, and I, I'm using Jordan as an example, like as he sets that example, he kind of vibrates out to other people and he inspires them to continue following their greatness. You know, and I it's think that that's selfless service. It's almost like, you know, the, the, you read this sometimes, you read in the Goggins book, um, people don't understand that a level of greatness requires a level of obsessiveness. And Michael Jordan was obsessed, not so much with basketball, with winning. That's what the last dance was about. It wasn't He knew he could win at the highest level, 
But when he went to play baseball, which he wasn't that bad at, he wanted to win, perform at a high level. Um, even like, you know, his his habits of gambling throughout the last dance, all he did, but he was um you saw when he was gambling with the security guards in the back with everything yeah. was about winning. And um I have a winning mentality. Like yesterday, I said to myself, I want to beat my time. I didn't have to beat my time, but every time I run now, it's about winning. I don't want to run with someone who wants to just jog. I want to yeah. run with someone who wants to be like, let's go, let's run. Because I'm at that level. I'll jog with anybody, but now I want to go. So it's winning. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I hear you. Um, and that's, you know, I, I feel like I'm, first off, I'm not, I'm not with you on the running yet. My times are nowhere near <laughs> yours just yet. But I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there, right? And I, and I feel like I'm getting there, too. Like like today, I didn't want to hit that treadmill. I was tired today, man. Um, but I caught the feeling the last few times that I ran that after I was done, I felt good. I felt yeah. energized. I felt like, all right, cool. I'm Like my mind was sharp again. I was willing to do things, you know, after the run where – and I'll be honest. Like what really what I wanted to do was about maybe 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right? Really what I wanted to do was pour a glass of wine. Right. And I was like, damn, I need to earn that glass of wine. Right. So I need to go hit that treadmill. And after I did, man, I felt so much better afterwards. And that that challenge of just be a little bit better than you were yesterday, a little bit better than you were the time, the last time you were running. Right. I got a hack. I got a little hack for you and for other people. I've meaning to say it. I don't want to forget it. When it comes to running, I don't look at the time. I don't look at the distance anymore. I look at the time. Mm -hmm. Time is the most important thing. So let's say if you're putting two miles on your app, your tracker, I'm not concerned with that. I'm putting 15 minutes on my stopwatch because I want to know how far I can get within those. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the distance. I already know the distance is there. Now it's like, let me see when the, my 15 minutes, when the app tells where am I at? And it's mm -hmm. like, it's like walking those two miles. You may say, I walked a mile for 15 minutes. I jogged a mile for 10. You're going to start playing with time, and the time is what's going to make you win, not the mm -hmm. distance. Um, there's, a, there's something that Goggins says that makes me think of a story. He's like, I don't have to be – I'm going I'm to mess up the quote, but he says something like um, people are like, oh, how, how, if we ran together, how much are we going to run? Or something like that. Or if we're if we're gonna do push-ups, you know, like how many push-ups can you do? And his answer is always, I could do one more than you. Mm -hmm. Right? It doesn't matter. He, he doesn't have a number like, oh, I can maybe do a hundred. You know, can you do more than hundred? No, his answer is like, I could do as many as I have to because I'm gonna do one more than you. All right? It's funny. Some people go to run with him, who like want to get in shape and do all these big runs. And when they ask him to run, they ask him how long they, they they're gonna run with him. And he goes till I stop until I'm done. And sometimes yeah. it's four hours later, and these guys are like, oh my God, I can't believe I ran four hours with Goggins. I wouldn't run with that man. That's a whole nother level. Nah, nah, we're not there yet. <laughs> I tell you what, I I think I, one of these days I might I might challenge myself, not physically, I might challenge myself here, see how long I could stream, right? See how many people I can get out with me. <laughs> just go, just go as long as I can go. You right? might break the internet. <laughs> Right, just like a Friday night, you're like, boom, we're, we're starting at eight o'clock. We're gonna go to an 8 a.m. What the hell? Why not? Yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. But I, there's a story out there, 
um, <clears throat> well, not a story, it's my story. Uh, I was going into, and this again, it goes back to my father, man. I mean, you know, first off, let me just say, I don't know if he's watching right now, but but I know he checks these out every once in a while. I'm super proud of my father. And it's weird for a son to say I'm proud of my father, right? But I am because he's changed a lot over the years. He used to be a real hard-ass, hard-nosed kind of guy. And to mm -hmm. an extent, he still is. But he's changed his perspective on some things. <clears throat> but over the course of my life, he's been right more often than he's been wrong, which really pisses me off, by the way. Uh, but there was a time where he sent me and my younger brother off to a basketball camp. And we were doing our warm-ups at the beginning of the day. And the basketball, the coaches said, all right, partner up with someone. And you're going to get into your defensive stance. And you're going to do that, the, the hot feet, you know, where you're, where you're just – running in place, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, the, the coach says, all right, so it's you against the person that you're partnered up with. And the winner gets a, a metaphorical, theoretical college scholarship to play basketball. And it's all you have to do is beat. You have to outlast the other person. Gotcha. Right? And I was like, oh, I got this, right? I'm definitely going to, you know, and next thing you know, we're doing we're doing the the drill, and the people next to us stopped, right? And the people next to them stopped. Next thing you know, we got like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people around us, right? And we're still going, we're still going, right? Me and this dude one on one, I would not quit, I would not stop. And that's that fire that I'm trying to get back to, that intensity, right? Eventually, the coaches blew the whistle and said, "That's it, you're done. You both get the scholarship, right?" But it's that like that moment, and you talked about it once before in, in your podcast. You gotta find those wins. You gotta find those those little moments that you gotta cling to that can keep pushing you forward when you are dead tired, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of those wins for me that I always lean back on. That intensity that I'm trying to get back to. Yeah. Um, yeah you gotta keep reminders. Keep reminders of your best, of your best moments. Um, I got a little story I can I can share. I remember um, the last time I, I competed in jujitsu, um, I had like a state tournament in Maryland, maybe three and a half years ago. Cut like thirty pounds, and long mm -hmm. story short, I had just had two injuries: concussion, and I tore my rotator cuff. Oof. And I went and did a tournament. Everyone was like, "You're crazy. What's wrong with you? Why are you so obsessed with competing?" I'm like, "I gotta just get one out of the way." I, I put six months camp into it and i remember i went out with my coach without a coach to a grappling tournament no no one does that who does that i did i drove to maryland like a wild man <laughs> told nobody and said if um if i end up in the hospital um <laughs> you know what happened make a long story short um i came in second in nationals and at, and at that time um placed second in a really strong division but um like i said just confronting my my fears, my worst situation, just going for it. Mm -hmm. You got to yeah. remember how you got there and how you felt afterwards. And uh, I, I, Louis and Hilda, I, I'm, I don't know which one this is, Theo or, or, or Theo. Yeah, they, 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 they hacked uh, that account. That could be, um, that could be a few people. <laughs> that, could be, that could be the cousins. It could be anyone. But I like it the references to the book, The Cookie Jar. Right, you gotta you gotta reach into the cookie jar and find find yeah. what they, to, that you remember. All right, so that, that's good stuff, man. Um, you know, there's, there's one last book that I wanted to throw out there, and this is an important one. And I told you yesterday, 
<clears throat> that, um, you know, the difference between, at least for me, you know, the difference between heaven and hell is whether or not you're willing to try and continue trying. We have, you know, I got some people watching here, not, not that many, and we'll keep growing. And it doesn't even matter to me. I'm still trying. I'll, I'm going to be 90 years old, 100 years old, God willing, I'm still going to be doing something, getting my perspective out there. Because I believe that's what life is. Learn and share. That's what our ancestors used to do around the campfire. They used to share their experiences. And this book, if you haven't read this one, but The Alchemist, okay. definitely check this out. It's it's um it's a it's um a fable, not a real story, it's a fictional story, but um it's about someone that is willing to chase down his goal and his dream at all cost. And he says, Look, <clears throat> I can certainly sit back in comfort. And he could he could have been a shepherd. I, I can sit back and be a shepherd and live my life in comfort and be happy and warm and find someone to share my life with. But there's a whole world out there that I wouldn't have seen. And if I die chasing my dream, I'll die happy. I feel the Good same way. That. You know, keep going after it no matter what. Right. I'm not a regular right. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a regular it's guy. Real, I'm chasing it till um till I'm sixteen hundred or buried or in a urn, an urn, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's that's what it's about, and I think that that fire is in all people, right? Like we just gotta wake it up. We gotta wake up that fire in all people. You know, there. I, I was driving the other day, and I saw a guy. Uh, he was sitting on the steps out front, in front of his house. <clears throat> and I looked at him as a, you know, as an overweight guy. And I'm not judging him at all because I'm an overweight guy. Um, but this guy was a little heavier. And I looked at him and I said to myself, like, man, how do you how do you let yourself go that far? You know, and I'm not gonna lie, I've let myself go too far, so I can understand to an extent, but it's you know, it's time to stop that momentum. I'm actually teaching about momentum in my in my physics class right now. Um, mass times velocity is momentum, right? So decrease your mass, right? Okay. And decrease that velocity in one direction and then get it going in the other direction. But you can't get going in the other direction until you stop whatever actions or behaviors that you're dealing with right now, whether okay. it's drinking or smoking or letting yourself, you know, be susceptible to anger or, you know, things of the flesh, whatever you're watching on TV, be acknowledge the fact that the information that you take in, whatever you're watching, that affects who you are and how you how you live your life. So you got to stop that negative momentum and get going back in a positive direction. And I think that's what we are we're trying to do. We're like minded in that in that way. It's like the news. I don't even watch the news anymore. I'll turn it on by a paper. I don't even. Me and the news don't even exist anymore. They say, I've read a study that said that most people, when they wake up in the morning, they turn on their phone, they go on social media. They're saying that's one of the worst things to do, mm. that you should kind of avoid going to your phone and looking at anything that's on your feed until like after 9.30. Start your day, have breakfast, settle into an activity because they, they're proving that the tone of those few minutes starts your day off. So yeah. if you're reading something like totally shitty and gossip, it's like, oh, here we go. You don't you don't have a chance to get on track and you know just start the day right. 
I like it. Yeah. And it, you're like, I mean, I think I mentioned it last week, you know, pay attention to yourself first, you know, figure out what's going on with you, your life, your mind, your spirit before you start paying attention to other people. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. Hey man, we kind of jumped a little bit all over the place tonight and I appreciate you being there with me. Definitely, um, brother. I, obviously I need to get better at, at getting the message out there to people, which, you know, it's something I'm going to be working on. Uh, but someone reminded me today uh, that it's okay to just kind of be easy with, with yourself and take it easy because I mean, Hey, I got a full-time job. I got kids, you know, I'm cooking dinner. I'm doing a lot of things. Right. And I'll get this, I'll get this going. I'm going to continue being here just sharing um, and recognizing that as long as there's positive messages going out, at least it's going out to someone. And I'd rather share it than not. And we'll and keep going. Always, and people always play on, um, they play it afterwards, after we go live. So that's a good true, thing true. also. Yep. Um, I'm thinking about something. What is, when is Cinco de Mayo next? Let's see. So I think Saturday is the first. So Cinco de Mayo is somewhere in the middle of the week. Let's see. Next Wednesday. All right. Next week, you and I, we can do something fun. We can get um, get some tequila shots from Corona. We talk some shit. Maybe um, maybe I'll see if the crew wants to get back for a, a Cinco de Mayo special. We'll, check out we'll, check out this question. All right, so it looks like my pops was watching. Look at this question. What's up? <laughs> we had a few. We had um, we had we had Kathy last week. I just didn't get enough. I didn't get a chance to get anyone on with me. But we'll get some women on here because obviously we have to we have to recognize the perspective of, of the women if we're going to make sure that we're being better men. We want to be better men for our women, um, you know. And it's not only about it's not only about teaching our boys, but it's also about teaching uh, the young ladies what to expect of us men. Um, and I don't want to get too personal, but you know, th- there's a there are some toxic females out there that call men out and will say things like step up and be a man, grow a set of balls. Right. And it's like, that's not, that's not the way to, to encourage men to be better men. Right. That's negative stuff. We don't want that kind of stuff. So uh, we definitely want to hear empowered women speak about that and, and teach us how to be better men. On here, what they have to say. Thanks, Pops. Appreciate it. We will get some women on here in the future. <laughs> Help me grow. Share the stream. Get people on here. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, so next Wednesday, let's try to um merge on something. We'll be creative and um we'll come up with some good some some good feeds. Uh, here's another one. Look at this. <laughs> uh, no doubt, man. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. Well, hey, again, thank you very much for joining me. Um, you know, and, and just thank you for everything. You know, you got me back on track. So we're, we're, we're rolling now. We're going to keep on growing and keep on rolling. Be well, everyone. Uh, I'll let you all know when I'm coming on next. Uh, looks like Tuesdays are a good night for me. Uh, but I'm, I might just pop on at any point and just start talking. Next week, I am. I have more time, so actually, next Wednesday would work pretty well. I got time in the middle of the week uh, to be to be doing stuff, and uh, looking forward to my my weeks where I am uh, not with the kids uh, to make sure that I'm getting my work done here. All right, everyone, be well. Thank you for watching. 
Uh, take care of yourselves, and we will talk soon. Thanks, Peter. I appreciate everything, bro. Be well. No problem, man. Thanks.